This week on Kettle of Fish, actor and comedian Natalie Palomita stops by to talk about getting laid. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. All righty, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show after the show, the talk after the talk, the 30-minute comedy money shot after the one hour of political foreplay. Um, D, Fern, are you guys ready to get fishy with it? I'm bringing that back. Glub, glub, bubble, bubble, fish noise. <laughs> I am so excited, I can't Oh, God. You know, since we started (laughs) the new format, I never introduce myself anymore. I am Nick the Saucy One Cat Source. I don't think I've introduced myself in weeks. Yeah, but And people call me a narcissist, and I don't even introduce myself. Everybody knows who you are. It's all good. Nobody knows who I am. Trust me. Except my haters. My haters know who I am. They know everything about me. Right. My haters know much more about me than my fans. What you eat for breakfast, your shower temperature, how many pieces of toilet paper you use when you go to the bathroom. It's kind of scary, dude. I demand double ply for my anus. I have a very (laughs) delicate anus. It has to be at least a minimum of double ply, if not triple ply. I send D out. I tell Alexa on the shopping list, I'm like, please put triple ply to coddle my very gentle snowflake of an anus. And I come back with whatever You seem like a moist wipe type of guy. No, no, I don't have a bidet. I, you know, I'm not particularly concerned about my anal hygiene in a way that people might think, oh since I am a little particular. Maybe I need to get on that. Maybe that needs to be my next New Year's resolution. Better anal hygiene. <laughs> okay, so now we have to figure out what color you're going to dye your butt hairs to go with your double ply. No. And that, oh, that, that, that's going to be, that should be a whole thread and a whole show to itself. No, I'm convinced. I'm not a, a convinced of a lot of absolutes in life, but I would absolutely say we don't need to do a show about my anus. No, we're that not. would be the end of the tin can empire <laughs> if we did a show about my anus. I agree. All right, D, who do we got coming up on Kettle of Fish in the next couple of weeks and today? And we'll jump right in. Okay, well, next week is going to be really cool. And I've got to find a sound effect. I just have to. Um, because next week we're going to have Todd Newton of Whammy and of the Price is Right Road show. So I need a little thing that goes, you know, no whammy, no whammy, stop. I need it. I love it. Uh, yeah. And then the week after that, we're going to have Tony McFar, who is the super danger seeking stunt double for Chris Pratt. And I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farah. Remember from the Fall Guy? No. Lee Majors was a stuntman. He had that show in the 80s. Yeah, no, sorry. You this is what it. I get for dating, <laughs> for robbing the cradle yeah, and I'm marrying not that such much a young person. Than, yeah, well, at least I knew what Powerpuff Girls was, so psh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, and then we're going to have our Larry, Daryl, and Daryl reunion show, and that's going to be amazing. But today, um, we have got the new voice of the coolest Powerpuff Girl. Miss Buttercup, which is Natalie Palmitas. Natalie, what's shaking? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. I want to thank you so much for calling in today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. You know, a nice Sunday morning. 
Yes, it is. I, I guess you guys are, what, an hour behind us? Three. Three hours behind us. Oh, man. Did yeah. I get you out of bed? Are you still in your PJs? Uh, no, I'm, I'm on a hike. I'm in uh, Griffith Park. Nice. So you're calling us, like, from out in nature. Yeah, yeah. I'm just right. I'm, like, on top of the mountain here. And we're on top of nice. the mountain. We're on top of Meth Mountain. But yeah. still, we're on yeah. top of the mountain. Yeah. Well, Meth Mountain? Well, it's, uh, it's out in the Smokies. So we call oh, it Meth wait. Mountain. So that's a real mountain? Meth Mountain? No, but that's what we call it because that's what the mountain's uh-huh. full of. Oh, a bunch of people do meth up there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah, and I've said it before. When you come off the exit and they call it the Smoky Mountains because you see the rolling smoke off the mountains. But in the case uh, of this mountain, it's burning meth labs. It's yeah. not any majestic declaration of nature. <laughs> It's actually exploding uh, meth labs. About once a month, a meth lab burns down on a mountain here. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Oh, dang. I know, right? That is kind of sad, yeah. <laughs> it is. This show's uh, taking a dark turn. Yeah. All right, let's jump into this first. Um, yeah, dude, the anus you... stuff was really light. Yeah, that, that was. Well, hey, I'm trying to narrate away from my anus now and trying to get <laughs> okay, back right. on track. Um, bunch of videos. Went on. I went down to Natalie... Palomitas, oh uh, rabbit hole. Um, I want to talk about Powerpuff Girls and your new one-woman show, of course, late. But first, yeah. I love the skydiving video. The thing that <laughs> disturbed me, though, was afterwards, this little like MTV sports reject, Corey, comes on, and he's like, you got to get pumped to do some skydiving. And it turned into an ad. Did you listen to Corey and do some skydiving again, or was that your only venture? Uh, no, that was my only adventure. I think they just put that at the end of all their skydiving videos. I never, I didn't pay for that video. So it's just, I think, their way to, like, sponsor their own videos or advertise. Well, there you go. But, no, I didn't, I didn't go again. I, uh, once was enough for me. Did you enjoy Uh, the experience? Yeah. Because I had a panic attack. Did you enjoy the experience? Because when I went skydiving, I had a panic attack. And actually, the best thing about skydiving is being able to brag about it. Like, we went to Fuddrockers afterwards. And I was, like, Uh going up to, like, the waitress and stuff. And I was like, what do you have for men that jump out of planes? Top Gun-type guys who, like, brave (laughs) and jump like that. But the actual skydiving part, like, when I landed, I was, like, a little freaked out. I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, like, the whole time I was falling, I was just thinking, this isn't worth it if I die. Um, that makes but, sense. you know, I guess it's kind of cool, you know, to fall, but also it's just not worth it if you die. You know no. what I mean? There's always, like, that possibility that you could die, you know? And so, for me, it's just so not worth it. I was thinking about my family the whole time, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an experience. I mean, I'm glad I did it once, I guess. I think we're in the same boat. I'm glad I did it so I could say I did it, but it's not something I'm ever going to do again. See, I want to go do it. Yeah. I want to go. It's not all it's cracked up to be, D. All right, let's jump into this. Powerpuff Girls, you are the new Buttercup. Um, I'm watching the, the latest incarnation and one thing's going through my head because this is something that has such a following and it's been around so long in different versions, does that kind of amp up your stress level where you have to live up to a certain expectation? Or are you like, do you feel creatively empowered to bring a completely new slant to Buttercup? Or are you listening to how she's been betrayed and just kind of trying to follow suit? 
Oh, no. They just have us doing our own thing, you know. I don't think there's really any point to try and copy what somebody else created, you know. Otherwise, they would just have brought back the other cast. Um, but, yeah, I just try to do my own buttercup. You know, I just bring myself to it, really. And, um, yeah, I don't try to emulate what E.G. Daly did. She's her own person and has such a unique thing. I don't think it would benefit me at all to try and copy her. Cool. Are you guys all you getting know? along, like, really well, like, as a team? Is everybody, like, meshing together the really cast? well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all get, get get along really well. We're all good friends. I mean, we've been doing I know the show's only been out for a year, but we've been doing it for almost almost three years now. Wow. The animation just takes a while to come out. Right you know? on. So um, are there any, like, storylines? Like, do you do you kind of have an idea of where the story itself is wanting to go? Or is it just, like, every episode's just kind of fun and light and, you know, whatever? Um, There will be some arcs uh, in the second season I'm not allowed to talk about. Right. Um, But, yeah, most episodes are just you know, one-off episodes, um, you know, about them saving the day, and they each have, like, their own unique situation. I think something that the new series does that um, the old series didn't really touch on that much is the girls, like, individual uh, attributes and, like, their character, you know? The, the reboot of the show really focuses on their character. Like, I think Blossom is just a way more interesting character in the reboot. I think... People can relate to her a lot more. I know when I was I was watching the original series growing up, mm-hmm. none of my friends would ever want to be Blossom. You know, when we were playing Powerpuff Girls, she was just right. like the boring leader. <laughs> and now they like have actually made her funny and like given her a personality. And whenever we go to conventions and stuff, I see a lot more girls like dressing up as Blossom and, and relating to Blossom than when I was growing up. That's interesting. Did they focus yeah. group that? Did they like say, okay, let's get some feedback and wow, we need to make Blossom like more of a more connectable, more relatable to the average kid. That's really weird to me. Um, no, I don't think it's, ju- I think just Blossom is the one that stands out to me because, uh, you know, she was the one that nobody liked before, you know, she's just the leader. And then like, she was Bubbles like the mom. And Buttercup each have their very like own distinct thing, but they still did the same thing for Buttercup and Bubbles in the reboot. Um, you know, they still like focused on their character more and like you know showing different aspects of their personalities. But I think it just stands out more for Blossom because I mean, for me personally, this isn't like Cartoon Network hasn't done any like studies on it. You know, I don't think, but. It's just my personal perspective that I've just noticed that people are uh, grasping onto Blossom more than when I was a kid. Right on. All right. Let's um, jump in here and talk about your one-woman show, Laid. How did you mm-hmm. hatch this idea for the show? And you know I've been waiting two weeks to use that pun. I finally got it out <laughs> uh, of my system. How did you hatch the idea? Tell us, Natalie. Tell us. Yeah, uh, well, actually, uh, the idea I drew from a sketch that, um, my friend Aaron Mervis wrote for my mod team at UCB, um, we're called Karate Karate, and, uh, he wrote a sketch called Egg Slut, um, there's a restaurant in Los Angeles called Egg Slut, 
and it's a character sketch, and I play this, like, bloody egg who's suing the restaurant egg slut for copyright infringement. And um, in the sketch, you know, I'm playing this, like, really slutty egg. I have this egg costume, and then, um, you know, she wants to, like, uh, you know, have sex with everything because she's an egg slut. And so before she has sex with one of the guys working at the restaurant, she pulls eggs. Well, you know, not really. I mean, I pull eggs out of my vagina as the eggs slut, and I'm like, sorry, I just had to have a quick egg abortion, you know? Oh. <laughs> and so from there, I thought, like, oh, what if that's kind of an interesting idea, like, if there was a woman who actually laid eggs. And when it was, I was almost kind of like a groundhog type thing in laid. Where you, like I was like, man, is this like a higher like meta message that she's actually in hell and she has to keep doing this egg thing over and over again? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's meant to be cyclical, you know, to represent, you know, the cycle of ovulation and like womanhood and all that. But um, yeah, it's just when I was first developing the show, I thought, what if there was a woman? who lives in a world where all she had to eat were her own eggs, and she had to decide between eating or, you know, raising her own egg. And, like, what kind of problems do you face when you're raising an egg? You know, obviously, eggs are very delicate, just like life, you know. Whenever I was first creating the show, you know, like, all these, like, metaphors and and messages and meanings and stuff I didn't really think about until I was workshopping the show. I've done the show about like 11 or 12 times now, and each time I invite the audience to give me feedback. And through that, I've like, you know, the audience has helped me like look inside myself, I guess, and see, you know, the true meaning behind a lot of what I'm doing in the show. Because at first, you know, I was just like, oh, it'd be cool if like a woman laid eggs. Well, we all watched Laid, and I'm going to throw this over to Fern mm-hmm. and Dee here in a second, but here's what I got out of it watching it. More so than any musical act, more so than any Broadway or comedian or anything, this seems terrifying because it seems like so much could go fucking wrong. It seems like you are taking a <laughs> risk that I don't see like somebody going out and doing their same 10 songs they do every night or going out and doing their same comedy set. It seems like you're taking an emotional risk. Like you're really being vulnerable and putting yourself out there because this could go off the fucking rails quick, right? That's true. Yeah. Thanks for noticing, Nick. Yeah. You know, I have about like 20 eggs on me during the show and they definitely break um, a lot during the show. And then like the the portion of the show where I have the miscarriage, like the first time that happened, it was just a total accident, but I decided to keep it in the show. Wow. Um, So like the first time, because originally, so like all the eggs are kept in this leotard, you know, that I'm wearing underneath the dress that basically just has this like vagina slit, I guess, where they, and, and uh, over the process of like doing the show, the, the uh, spandex, was getting worn out and so you know i think it was like my fourth or fifth show the eggs just like dropped out on their <laughs> own and it was just creating this like huge problem for me but you know like they say like problems are usually gifts so we decided to keep it in the show and now i have this this kind of mechanism that i've made it's like it's just really a drawstring around my vagina to keep the eggs in 
Wow. Wow. All right. Let's go that over sounds to... sounds really weird. Yeah, no weirder <laughs> than my anus. D, Fern. Yeah, I'm... yeah, yeah. That's true. Me and D were watching this together, and at first D's like, I don't get this. And then yeah. by the end, we were totally enchanted. Um, Fern, did you feel the same way? Because when you were talking to me about it, it sounds like you got it immediately and were laughing all the way through. Where me and D, I don't watch a lot of stuff like this. I don't watch a lot of one-person shows. And it didn't strike me at first. I actually kind of had to sit there and study it. And then by the end, I was like, all right, I get this. I love this. I'm endeared. Oh, great. You know, yeah, it's good to hear it. I love watching things like, you know, spoken word and, you know, one person shows, but I got so much of this, like, I don't even know where to begin, Natalie, seriously. Um, I mean, you were able to maintain an innocence to a sexuality, to dark humor, to old school Hollywood, to engaging the audience. And whether or not you engage the audience or not, it would have been an amazing one woman show, but you were really able to incorporate the audience into it flawlessly. It was seamless. So I, I like a range of emotion. Like I like to feel sad. Um, towards the end, I felt really, I felt the desperation and the sadness. And like I, you know, like there's a lot that I got out of it. And that emotional roller coaster is just amazing for one person to bring to an audience whether they engage them or not, but you were able to engage that audience flawlessly. And I was just amazed. So I really like what you did. Maybe I read too deep into it, but it, it really hit me on, honestly, an existential level. Not to be funny. Uh, but it was, it, I really yeah, got a lot so out much. of it and I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I'm really glad to hear that. You know, that's like, to me, it's like one of the things you hope to get out of doing theater is like getting all these different, feelings and reactions from people and hoping to like give them experience that's meaningful but also enjoyable you know like I love making people laugh but also you know this sounds like so cliche but making people think as well and like taking them to the dark places but finding the light in in the dark you know there's always a little glimmer of light in the darkness and you know that's where most comedy comes from but I, I just I also love interacting with the audience to me that's like the most fun part about doing live theater is like getting to be there with the audience and it's like if you have an opportunity to play with them why not you know what's the best one-liner you've gotten from the audience because the one we saw those guys looked (laughs) a little bit like uncomfortable like i'm just gonna say what i'm supposed to say but do you get some nutty people up there with you oh yeah you know it it ranges um from each show, you know, I, I've been really lucky and have some, have had some really great um, audience participants. I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see. Oh my gosh, I had a, so there's the part where I, you know, send the egg off to school and I give the egg to a teacher. Right. Maybe this is in the version I sent you. I'm not sure, but I, I, um, uh, you know, I ask the teacher what the egg is learning, and I make the teacher teach the egg. Um, but then this teacher made me recite the alphabet backwards one time. She's yeah, like, I saw that. She's like, okay, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. that in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite things. She really and it was so seamless. You sit there and watch it and think, okay, is this, was this chick hired in the audience? Is this part of the show? 
because this is going yeah. over so seamlessly. Uh, do you like that? That people go are left wondering, is this part of the show, or is, or do you want it to be where people are like, oh, well, this is definitely kind of like going into left field, and these people have no idea what's going on. Um, you know, I don't mind if it's really a mystery. I, I mean, I guess it's nice if people think it's part of the show because then it must have been good. I guess if people assume that it's a part of the show, I like that. I guess I like that it's not actually planned, but people think it's planned. You know what I mean? That's like, I guess that's what good improv is, is what people think it had to, it's so good it had to have been planned. Well, I was scratching my head on it, and I'll tell you, every year we have a birthday party. These birthdays actually the 4th of July, and we have a birthday party at Fern's house every year, and we make up all these crazy rules, like you have to talk in a British accent if you pick this card, or you have to announce Uh people who come in. And one of the rules is you have to take care of an egg the whole party. And, really? Um, yeah, and that show reminded yeah. me of every year we have like drunk assholes walking around like coddling their egg, and we draw a little face on it, and, and it has uh, to be we raw. write like Egbert on it, and they have yes. to take care of the egg all drunk the whole party. Yes. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, and <laughs> eggs have a big part of our life. And then um, I sent you guys that stuff from the Egg Council, and I was like, man, these guys, like, I don't understand when we were little, and Dee reminded me today, she's like, don't you remember those commercials? The incredible edible egg. And there used to be oh, like yeah. the egg council is now like the American board of eggs. And you go on that site and it's like a fucking NASA site. <laughs> and there's all these egg puns <laughs> and egg materials for teachers so they can teach like indoctrinate their kids and the beauty of yeah. the egg. It's like the end of, um, Planet of the Apes too. Like instead of a missile, they're all like worshiping eggs. Like there, there is like these, these egg people. I don't know. Like, D was like, I don't see what you're seeing in this, but I just thought the whole site was a little bit bizarre. And I don't know if anybody had a chance to look at it. It's just weird that it's there's an aid council in this country. The yeah, interesting that floored me, wild. 40 years. This thing has been around for 40 years. Yes. I had the realization today that the egg council has been around longer than Nintendo. And Nintendo's been around a really long time. They were formed in 1976. The egg council is older than I am. It's crazy, all for eggs. I mean, people are crazy for eggs. It's insane. And it was a big thing back and forth when I was young. Like, eggs are bad for you, eggs are good for you, eggs are bad for you. And the egg council went out there and really, I mean, there's not a banana council or a pineapple council. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) There's an egg council or a yogurt council. It's bizarre to me. And watching that show, (laughs) Natalie, really brought out, it brought back those memories of every year we do that egg shtick at at the parties for D. And it also brought back the egg council. You brought up a lot of egg fillings in me, Natalie. I have to thank (laughs) you for that. Oh, yeah. Glad to hear it. You know, if I can incite um, egg council memories in anyone, I've done my job. Mission accomplished. I think it totally helps that we have chickens in the backyard, too. So every day it's eggs. Yeah. Eggs are in everything. (laughs) <laughs> like to send no eggs are going wasted in this show. The eggs I take are grocery store rejects. So like yeah. they're expired eggs that the grocery And store yet you're eating them anymore. on stage. Well, yeah, I mean they're they're technically expired, like they can't sell them, but I mean really eggs stay good past the expiration date. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, and technically, at most eggs actually don't have to be refrigerated. It's just a thing we do. Like I studied, I know. I studied for weeks when we first got our chickens, because I was like, "Well, do they have to be in the fridge? Well, how quickly do I have to go get them? I don't want to have little chickens hatching in my fridge. You know, all of this stuff. Mm. Yeah, eggs don't have to be in the refrigerator. Um, they shouldn't be washed when they're first harvested from the chickens, um, unless they've actually got like mud or something on them, and you can actually keep eggs for well over a month, like, and they're fine. Yeah. It's craziness. Like, if they smell bad, don't eat them. But other than that, I mean, you can... Could you, you imagine know. someone tuning in just now to the podcast right. and they're like, what the fuck are these people well, talking about? Well, then they about? should definitely know, <laughs> if they're just now tuning in, they should definitely know that fresh eggs don't peel for shit. So keep your eggs in the fridge for a couple of weeks before you decide to boil them. Uh, and you yeah. can check eggs if they're bad by seeing if they float in oh, water. Yeah, so if your test. eggs are past That's their right. expiration date, you put them in water. If they sink, they're good. If they float, they're bad. So don't eat them. Yep. I was watching, and I was watching you on the griddle, and I saw shells, and the cook in me, the chef in me was like, oh, my God, she's going <laughs> to eat eggshells. Like, how many eggshells have you, but you eaten? you can. That's what I want to know. Uh, you totally can. Like, <laughs> some people grind them up into a powder and actually eat them so that they get more calcium. And you like, know what I oh, just wow. remember, too? Yeah. When I was in third grade, me and this guy, Fernando Fu, that's his, his real name, Fernando, Fernando Fu, were, uh, were um, auditioning so for awesome. the talent show. And we were doing a magic act. And this magic act said you had to put um, – the whole stick was you're going to stick this egg into a bottle. You get a Coke bottle back when they had glass bottles. And you put the egg on top and you push it and it goes into the bottle. And the trick is no. you put – Right. And you, you're supposed to dip this egg in vinegar. And then you put – and you dip the bottle in vinegar and you put it and it will go into the bottle seamlessly. What Fernando oh. Fu didn't tell us is you had to hard boil the egg. So we did it with a fucking raw ah. egg. We dip a raw we, – we soak a raw egg in vinegar because we were too stupid to know you had to boil it first. And then we go to do this thing and egg goes everywhere. Vinegar spills everywhere. It's a complete mess. Ah. And we got thrown out of the talent show audition. And me and Fernando wow. were crushed. And it, that was third grade. I'm 45, and oh. I still remember the humiliation Crushed of being covered in egg and fucking vinegar at this talent show audition <laughs> from third grade. It's funny, and that's something your show does, right? It makes us make these connections to all these weird oddities that have happened. Yeah, in our yeah. Life. So right I think on. that's yeah, a great well, thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I I am glad to hear that that it brought that memory for you. I hear like mostly from women. That it like incites these memories. Um, but yeah, so it's like good to hear it from <laughs> the male, uh, third grade, uh, talent show perspective. Finally, finally a male third grade talent show perspective you could feed <laughs> off of. <laughs> exactly. I've been waiting to hear it. Aim to please. Um, All right. Let's finish up with this because we got to wrap this up. Your website. I was looking at your art. I was looking at your website. Oh my gosh. I've made this point a dozen times before on the show. You could tell a woman's website, like you go to a man's website, a comedian's website who's a man, and except uh-huh. for Matt Geiler. Matt Geiler has a beautiful website, but most of them are like a man's man cave. There's like dirty socks on the floor and shit's uh-huh. all they're like upside down. Your website, it's so well organized, and I'm checking out your art. You have your hands in so many creative pies. Like how do you make these decisions? You know, you're going to – and the art – 
is just incredible. I'm looking at this art and it's just bizarre and I love bizarre. But how do you make these creative decisions of like, I'm going to focus my energy here. I'm going to focus my energy there. It just seems like you have so much going on. Yeah, my uh, mind is kind of all over the place at all times. I usually have a bunch of different projects going on at once, but it it makes me happy, I guess. If I don't have a ton of stuff going on, I feel like I'm not doing anything. I don't know, but then I get into trouble as well. But Phil, the, the guy who... Um, Directs my show, which, uh, his name's Dr. Brown. I should give him a shout out. He, uh, has helped me immensely, like, shape my show. Um, but he, you know, has, like, encouraged me to just relax sometimes and, like, not do anything. And do you get stuck in your own head a lot? Is that why he's doing it? Do you always get stuck in your own head or are you pretty, like, (sighs) low level stress going in? The only time I get stressed out is when I, like, overbook myself, you know? So, like, I love doing all these different projects, and I like having my, you know, what what do they call it? Like, having my hand in a bunch of pots or something. I like having a bunch of soups going at once, I guess. But then sometimes I'll just, like, not even realize it and just put too much on my plate at once, and then I'm, like, freaking out. I'm, like, all stressed out. And I'm, like, showing up. You know, sometimes I do, like, three or four shows a night, and I'm, like, doing a different character at every show. And then I'm just, like, you know, drained by the end. And he's, like, I you're going to wear yourself out. But I do love, you know, in college I studied, like, uh, theater, communications, and a minor in art. But I, I graduated in four years. I took, like, over 20 credits every semester. So I just love, like, doing a bunch of shit. I don't know. I love painting. But to me it's just fun. You know, like, it's, I, I didn't really have any hard majors. It was all, like, fun stuff, like. Ah, theater, painting, you know, woodworking. I think that's important, too. And, I mean, I know, Fern, you were saying, like, this this show is very eclectic. It's very, like, everybody can kind of jump on board, right? And you got a lot out of it because you wrote me back immediately after you watched it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, checking out your art, Nick and I had a conversation on Facebook about um, Esther and Salvador Dali, and I like eclectic art. And the one thing I noticed is that you really like boobs, old people, and ice cream, which (laughs) I honestly can't even argue with. That is so awesome. How do you know that about me? It's so crazy. I was checking out your website, and I was like, this is really cool. It's boob, ice cream, and old people, which honestly are three of my favorite things in life. So I've got nothing bad to say about that. I think You couldn't imagine the time me, Dee, and Fern spend digging into all our guests so we can have these conversations. Wow, yeah. Well, yeah, I do need to update my website, that's for sure. I didn't think anybody looked at it, but now that, you know, I know that, people do i better take a look at it <laughs> but i i just it's think that's awesome. amazing that you uh got that i do i love old people and ice cream and i guess i love boobs like i didn't really think about it before but yeah i mean yeah i i i guess i find them like fascinating i i did, i'm just drawn towards uh like grotesque and sweet and putting those two things together Old people tend to be grotesque and sweet at the same time. And that's That's the quote of the evening. All right, we got to wrap this up. We have hit the 30-minute mark. Natalie, tell everybody where we can find you online. Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at NatDogCatDog, cat with a K. You can find me at Instagram at Natalie Palomitas. 
and uh, my website, nataliepalamutis.com. And, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's pretty much it. All righty. Thank you so much for calling in, and we are looking forward yeah. to your next creation, Natalie. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All righty, D, are you ready to take us out with some chicken squawk? I think that's appropriate, right, for today's episode? Yes. When I walk into the store selling chickens by the store, they eat dead birds just ain't for me. And I don't eat roast beef or fish and pork and pig is not my dish. Go ahead and let your chickens free. Chicken oil is for the new ones to keep it with chickens to you. I don't take orders from girls sounds to you. And I don't want to eat no hands, not even every now and then. I just want to let all the little chickens be. We'll swing to the east, we'll swing to the west. We'll get the chicken that you love best. Coming down to the chicken bar with me. I'm wishing Daffy lots of locals, Elmer Fuzz, a hunt and duck, and dream about a little frequency. And Bugs Bunny's a friend of mine, eating him feel like Frankenstein. Eating flesh is pretty foul to me. Cooking chickens don't seem right, morning, noon, or late at night. Ain't no chicken ever does no harm to me. So on Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve, give those turkeys ever free. Ain't no turkey got to die for me. Well, swing to the east and swing to the west. Swing to the chicken that you love best. Come on down to the chicken spot with me. Fuck on Muggin, look at me, sit in the seat, okay with me. We gonna let our let our chickens free. We burned the feathers, stick together, we set our chickens free forever. So go ahead and let your chickens be. Yeah.